The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. What do you suppose is the furthest extent of the possibilities for us to heal ourselves from the major illnesses that can attack us in our lives? More directly, if we contain part of the light of God, if that spark of the eternal dwells within us, then can we turn that eternal energy toward healing our own mortal body as well? There's a line from a wonderful poem by Derek Walcott titled Love After Love that reflects the remarkable healing experience of today's guest. And I'd like to quote that line. The time will come when, with elation, you will greet yourself arriving at your own door in your own mirror, and each will smile at the other's welcome. And then it goes on a little later. You will love again the stranger who was yourself. Our guest today is the Reverend Matthew T. McDonald, an ordained Christian minister of 17 years. Over this past year, he says he's become aware of larger cosmic truths as he's explored spiritualism, Buddhism, Hinduism, and different forms of spiritual healing. And then, as a complete surprise, came his miraculous healing from the complications of Lyme disease. Matthew, welcome to NDE Radio. Thank you so much, Lee. It's, uh, it's really a joy to be with you and all, and all the listeners today. Well, Matthew, you started out as an evangelical preacher and pastor of a conservative-leaning Christian congregation. So what led you to explore these alternative spiritual paths? Well, like many um, many people who are on spiritual journeys, it was, it was not something that came overnight, right? Um, my journey has been one of a path. And so, you're, yeah, as, yeah, as you pointed out, I, I did come from a conservative uh, background in the Christian church. Um, and it all started out, and we've had discussions about this, uh, on the concept of hell and the afterlife, you know, and and really um, kind of eliminating that uh, belief from my life. And and many others are awakening to this as well, that, that um, there's not some God who wants to throw you into eternal fire um, after, you know, after you, you suffer here. Um, and so it really began with that that reality opening to my mind and heart. Um, and once you kind of get rid of, you know, get get the hell out, as, as I say, <laughs> right? Um, you know, that just became a door and a gateway to to exploring other other truths and mm-hmm. realities. Um, and, and so, um, yeah, and so you know, and, it's, and and so you know, jokingly, I tell people, you know, I, that's when I got the left hand of fellowship or the left foot of fellowship from. Uh, a number of my Christian friends. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, well, uh, hell, hell, uh, hell is, a, is is important to them, and it's, but it's not important to me um, anymore. So uh, it started there. Of course, a lot of these uh, alternative religions have their own versions of hell. Yeah. Yes. And um, but I and I think this is where I find you know hell is a condition. Um, I've traveled like you. I've traveled to the Holy Land, you know, to Israel and to Palestine and. And it took me being there, you know, Jesus never used the word hell ever, um, because it's a German word that came from the 1500s, you know. He used this mm-hmm. word Gahana. He used the word Gahana. Gahana means, and that was where they burned the, the trash and the rubbish in the first century Jerusalem. 
Right, and, but behind the uh, Temple Mount. Behind the behind the Temple Mount. And yep. so when Jesus talked about, you know, um, experiencing hell, it was really, you know, our choices or maybe the influence of others, and then we have to end up there. But sometimes we experience in, in this plane of existence um, what feels like burning, you know, a burning pile of rubbish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so he's not talking about something that happens in the in in the afterlife. I don't think he was talking about on this earth plane in this in this time. Um, our, our our unhealthy choices can lead us to hellish conditions. Mm-hmm. And and we and some that. and some who've experienced near death experience can create their own uh, intermediate purgatorial type of hell. You know, isolation and cut off from from the love of God situations that uh, yeah. that they come back and report. And certainly that's something that, you know, that I, I've heard you speak about. And But I, I think in the long term, you know, whatever the long term is, eternity, the afterlife, whatever, you know, you know there's no there is no place where people are being tortured in hell and, and a devil mm-hmm. with a pitchfork. I just think that it's not it, in nature with love. You know, the ultimate reality is love. And, right. And, and well, the Christian tradition says that God is love. And other, other traditions say that God is love. So, oh, ab- you know. absolutely! I think that's when you get down to the basics. That's what everyone uh, can can agree on. We we differ on all the practices, but uh, I think uh, God is a God of love. It's pretty universal. Yeah. Well, Matty, t- tell us, uh, tell the audience a, a little about uh, what happened to you. Well, the, so uh, uh, maybe I'll, I'll give some larger context. Uh, tell the okay. Um, and so uh, out of this exploration of, of kind of ridding myself of hell, came ridding myself of other things, <laughs> as that normally happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but very interestingly, a couple years ago, I, I um, like many people, I, I did my ancestry, you know, through ancestry.com, and I'm not plugging them, but I just that's the ones I used. And, um, and I found out through this that my mother's family in, in both the United in Scotland and in Canada had worshipped as spiritualists, um, mm. not Christians. They were spiritualists, although they did attend church on Sunday morning, Monday through Saturday night. They were spiritualists, they, but there was no spiritualist church. They would do the seances and the and the and the different practices in their homes. Um, and so that sparked my interest a couple of years ago. Um, and so I began to explore um, spiritualism. Uh, and what's interesting, we we live in the state of Maine. Spiritualism really finds his hub here in the state of Maine. The first president of spiritualism was a chap called Harrison D. Barrett, and he, he was from uh, central Maine. And and uh, it was, uh, you know, very, uh, you know, there's lots of influence in the, in the uh, 1800s, late 1800s, early 1900s. And so I began to explore the principles of spiritualism. And, uh, and the first bit of spiritualism says, we believe in infinite intelligence. And, and I, I just, I love that. That, yeah. that, you know that that I think that works well on a lot of different planes, and di- you know, we can, like you were saying earlier, we can have different expressions. But in, in the one hand, we all can say, you know, we do whether we call it spirit or universe or God or love or dharma or karma or we consciousness. <laughs> con- yeah, consciousness. Yeah, is, there's something that's intelligent behind it. This this is not a a random act of of gravity, you know, it's, it's the universe at work, and and through us. So, and uh, and the seventh principle of spiritualism says that it's it's the moral responsibility of the individual 
to create their own happiness or unhappiness. And I and I and I just fell in love with that um, because it is we when as we as we live and as we practice and as we love and as we learn and expand our consciousness, it really is up to us. Um, we we in a very real way are the authors and the co-authors of our own happiness or unhappiness for that, that matter. You know mm-hmm. we we we. Um, you know, we wake up in the morning and we say, oh, I had a terrible night. You know, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed and, and it's going to be a crap day. Well, I guess, you know, that's, um, that, that happens. And, and then, and then we say that and then we have the crappy day. We wonder why we have, you know, like, <laughs> exactly. Uh, we, we, we author our own crappy days. Yeah. We set ourselves up for it. And, and so, um, and so, you know, out of this exploration of spiritualism, I, I, I ran into some friends who have been practicing Buddhism many years and the practice of mindfulness and, and, uh, and kind of being able to let go of, of all sorts of things. You know, identity, this is uh, one of the principles of Buddhism, of course, is suffering comes from attachment, right? So like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we learn not to attach to our, to, to our identities. I, this, you know, you ask someone who they are, and they'll say, "Well, I'm a, I'm a lawyer, or I'm a father, I'm a mother, I'm a," and but, but that's, you know, but that's what you do. But really, who are you? You know, <laughs> and mm-hmm. caught up at, we, our egos love uh, the traps of identity, right? And so, and then, and even recently, kind of looking through um, some of the the, the the Buddhist text, I mean, the Hindu in the Hindu text and and spiritual healing, um, I it's just spent the whole last year. Exploring all these wonderful um, truths that are universal, I think, to to humanity and maybe probably the, the, you know all of creation, all of all of the universe. Mm. And um, and I, and so you know, a number of years ago, I, I woke up one day and, and uh, I wasn't able to use my hand correctly, my right my right hand, and out of that came a diagnosis of Lyme disease, which of course um, now is is very common in the Northeast, and mm-hmm. um, but mine was early on and. And it took a while to diagnose it, and but by the time that it was properly diagnosed, it had been in my system for too long. Um, you know, now um, if you if you catch it early, they they do a lot of um, aggressive treatment with antibiotics, and normally that takes care of it. Um, but I I was outside of that window. It was probably in my system for at least six months to a year, hmm. and uh, and and uh, so it had it had already begun to do some some damage. Um, and so, uh, progress, progress into, uh, multiple, uh, multiple situations with pericarditis that had gone into my heart. Um, for, for those who know, it's my heart got too big it, because, uh, Lyme disease deals with inflammation, right? It gets into your joints and elbows and, uh, wrists and feet and knees. Mine had become just, it, it's so inflamed, um, but it had gotten into my heart. And so I thought one time I was having a heart attack, and I got to the hospital, and they, they did all the tests, and they showed um, my heart was too big, it was swollen with inflammation due to Lyme disease. And, the, and I had this and I had this experience three or four times, ending up in the hospital for you know multiple days, making sure my trying to control the swelling around my heart. And and of course the joke is they would say, Matt, you you have a big heart, and I said, of course I have a big heart. <laughs> and, and come to find out, you know, what it's your physical heart. You know, and if it's too big, you know, it's not not healthy. Um, but then it made its way to my brain, 
right? Um, I was having issues with memory loss, um, not not being able to remember, you know, just 24 hours before uh, what I had for dinner or, um, you know, my memories were blurry. Time was blurry, and it was because it had gotten into my to my brain. And you're a young guy. You're you're too young for this sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Usually um, age related. Yeah, and 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 what? And I I even saw um, two two. Um, well, I had uh, you know I, I even saw a a um, a dementia and an Alzheimer's specialist uh, in, in here in the Bangor area. And so you know that was the the condition that I found myself in. Um, and and so, um, but all the while I, I'm. I'm having this kind of awakening to consciousness <laughs> and and uh, kind of walking away from previous identity, uh, walking away from... And, of course, you know, people get all sorts of rallied up when, when you walk away from who they think you are. <laughs> you know? Yes. Uh, and and so and uh, so I'm, I'm learning and, and I'm kind of... I, I take on a new diet. I take on a. I, I eliminated sugar from my life. I don't have sugar anymore. Oh, and very that, good move. And I and I and I every person I, that I encounter who tells me about Lyme, you know, they ah, oh, I said, you know, consider take oh take take Lyme out of uh, take uh, sugar out of your life. And then, of course, the first response is I can't do that. And then I say, of course you can't because you don't think you can. So change <laughs> the way you think. Um, and uh, and so, um, not too long ago. Uh, in December, um, I, uh, for the first time in a, quite a while, I started to have, well, we had a, a bit of snow here in, in Maine, and I had to go out and shovel, you know, or snow blow. And mm-hmm. which of course is, you know, and it's good exercise, but I was out snow blowing and, and I started to have chest, chest pain. And I hadn't had chest pain in quite a while, actually, uh, a number of months. And so I went to my doctor and they said, yes, um, but it, it, you're, you have a bout of pericarditis again. Your heart is swollen. Uh, the, the heart sack is swollen, and they put you know the the one of the um, one of the things that they did for me was they put me I had to go on bed rest, and, and I've talked to you about this before. It's three, four a week in bed, and on the longest I was in bed for two weeks, um, trying to you know you can't have any stress on the heart to, to take medicine and and just really be in bed for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, so this last time in December. Um, it was the second week of December, I, believe, so I think the 15th of December, or the 14th of December, uh, or that week. Um, so on Monday, they give me the diagnosis, you have to go back to bed. And of course, and you know this as a, as a minister, uh, Christmas time is the busiest time of the year for me. Yes. <laughs> I don't have, and for, for all of us, I, I simply do not have time to be in bed during the Christmas season. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, I, and I, but I did not have the strength to do anything else. I, I, it, it, my heart was hurting. So I spent, um, that was on a Tuesday, uh, I spent 24 hours uh, listening to Wayne Dyer, Dr. Dyer, who was one of my spiritual heroes, mm. uh, just talk about visualization and healing. So I spent a whole day listening to Wayne, um, Dr. Dyer talking about um, manifesting healing, and he talked about John of God, his, his healing, um, Wayne Dyer's personal healing with John of God, and and I had never heard of John of God. And then the next day, a friend of mine in, who's now in Florida, she phoned me and talked to me about John of God. And all this is not coincidence, you know. Um, mm. 
and and so I, I really just spent um, about 24 hours doing nothing more than visualizing healing, feeling what it would be like to have a fully functioning system, a normal functioning system without pain or inflammation. Um, and so on Thursday of that week, my I get a phone. I, I phoned my son's school, and they said, "Oh, we can't wait to see you at his concert tonight in in huh. in Cassine. And I, my first thought was, "What concert?" I guess I forgot to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> but, but actually, in fact, was I thought it was the next week. Um, hmm. And and I and I literally came to I so oh. I do not have the energy to make a cup of tea, much less drive the hour or so to to where my son to where James would have um, his concert. But mm-hmm. I, I made this decision. I said, you know, I don't care if it kills me. I'm going to take this drive and hear my son sing. So I, I drove to Castine, where his school is, and I was about 20. And I and I was a, a little early. I got stuck in someone's driveway. I'm not going to mention whose, but it, it was icy and there was snow. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it, it was, um, by the way, my driveway. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> And and uh, so I, I get to about 20 minutes early to the concert, and, and as you know, the layout of Castine, the, 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 where they perform, is by the. I just drove to the public dock by the ocean, and and uh, wherever I'm, whenever I'm by the ocean, I, I always try to just fill my lungs full of ocean air. I think it's very healing. Mm-hmm. So I I listen to I'm listening to Wayne Dyer on podcast as I'm driving to. To, to Castine as I'm driving to hear my son sing, as I'm getting out of your icy driveway, <laughs> and and uh, and I get to the to the to the public dock there in Castine, and uh, the most marvelous, unexpected thing happens. I get out of my car. It is very cold that night. It was, it was not above ten degrees, and the wind is blowing because it's right there on the ocean. And, I take two steps out of my car, and I step out of my body. But I and I turn around and I'm looking at myself, my my physical body. But I'm not. Uh, I'm only aware of spirit. I'm only aware of my outer, this my soul, my spirit body, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 thing that I normally function in, I I was not aware of. And the first thought I have in the spirit realm is I look at myself and I say. Is that what my face really looks like? <laughs> and then I take two steps back to myself, and I took my hand, and I reached into my chest, and I grabbed my heart, and I said to my body, there, everything will be better, everything is fine now. And I kissed myself on the forehead. And 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 for those who know me, you know, the people I'm intimate with, um, I, that's one way I, I show love. I, I kiss people on the forehead. I, I, my son, uh, my mother, father, you know, my relatives, the, the, the people I'm intimate with. That's one of the way. And I and by the time my cognitive kicked in, it was over, you know, and I was back and inside inside my physical body. So I drove just around the corner to my son's concert, and with every um, with every song that they sang, every music that they played, I, w- I was feeling stronger, and, and I, was, I could feel healing into my body. I drove home with every mile. I, I felt like I felt life and healing flow into my body. 
since that day, I've not had an ounce of pain or discomfort. I went into my, my PCP. I, I told her, she, she did a check, um, and she said, Matt, as far as I can tell, um, I hear no, no swelling. I see, you know, I don't hear any fluid. And, and, and I have an appointment coming up with, with my cardiologist just to confirm. Um, I've had no joint pain. I've had no headache, no swelling, no, my, no feet pain, no finger pain. Um, and in fact, every area of my life has, that, has just been significantly better since. Wow. And, That's amazing. Yeah. And so, um, and I, and I don't have all, you know, and people have asked me, like, what do you think, you know, can you explain? Uh, I don't know that I can fully explain outside of, you know, sometimes the mechanic has to work on his own car, <laughs> you know, or the, <laughs> or the, or the carpenter has to work on his own roof. Right. Um, you know, the, the, there is a part of us that is eternal, whether we call it soul or consciousness or essence. Eckhart Tolle calls it essence. Um, there's a part of us that exists outside of us and will continue. You know, um, after our, our fleshly body um, uh, decides not to work anymore, we, we definitely continue. And, and and I'm beginning to think that we we had a life before, you know. I I think on some level, um, since the beginning of you know maybe we call the Big Bang or time, whatever we are now, um, probably existed before and will exist again. Um, some call that reincarnation or past life experiences. I, I you know I'm just now dabbling into that. So I, I don't claim to be any sort of expert other than I I don't think. Um, this is the end, and I don't think that this was the beginning. <laughs> mm, no. Uh, and and so, you know, this is where, where I am. And so um, I, I'm beginning to see, and, 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 and you know, we've had this, I've always had a gift of healing. This is something I've, uh, with, with, within my traditional Christian framework, I've always had, you know, prayers of healing and, and with oil and seen tremendous healing. Mm. Um, and so that's always been a part of my my experience, um, and so now maybe to take it even to a different level, um, you know, uh, to, to heal uh, through spirit and to heal through uh, in the spirit realm. Right. Well, I was thinking, you know, when you told me this, uh, there are people that practice uh, leaving their bodies, that they actually oh, yeah. train and meditate to yeah. learn how to do that, And uh, but I've never heard of someone... Uh, from that point of uh, uh, of leaving your body, either turning to yourself and healing your own body, or going off and healing somebody else, you know, uh, Edgar Casey did this, but he didn't he, he didn't talk about his uh, out of I don't think he talked about an out of body experience as right. as being related to that healing. But maybe this is something that people could learn how to do. Oh yes, uh, you know, and I, you know, if I can do it, anyone can do it. I I, I suspect, <laughs> you know. Um, and I don't think, you know, it's, it's limited to a person or, or to, to, I think, you know, we, as we awaken to consciousness, as we awaken to our divinity, as we awaken to spirit, as we awaken to healing and our, in our place in the universe, um, any, it's available to anyone and, and, and can be, can be experienced by anyone. Um, but it, it, you know, there are things that we have to do. It doesn't come from, you know, I, and, and I, you know, I, I do think there's a part to play. You know, um, we do have to quiet our mind. 
Uh, meditation is important, and writing and being open to to these experiences. I, I think the the society that we're living in right now just drives us from away from these things. Mm. So it takes it takes a bit of unplugging, you know, and and uh, you know. Take, take 10 minutes a day away from our social media. Get off, you know, Facebook for a day and you'll have this marvelous experience. So, you know, or, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, just, you know, don't allow the politics of the day, you know, um, to interrupt your, to interrupt your peace. You know, it's so oh, this- easy. What a- um, the stress that's spread through our whole culture right now is uh, is yeah. intense, and I'm sure we're going to see cancer rates and heart disease go up as a result of it. Anxiety, right? you know, mm. when we take these higher perspectives, it it, it really does bring peace and joy um, to know that uh, you know, from a higher perspective, you know, things are working out. Uh, from a higher perspective, um, you know, it, we, we're not Rhonda who is one of my spiritual teachers, talks about the bridge. Where, you know, when we, when we stand on a bridge and we look down and the river is the, our emotions, right, and our feelings. And we can have all sorts of emotions and feelings. But through meditation and spiritual practice, we can stand, we can, we can stand on a bridge and look down and watch them. You can observe them and, and, uh, and even kind of get splashed a little bit by them, but we don't have to be caught up in all of it, you know. Um, and I think that's the key to kind of having a healthy spiritual journey in the time we're living in. Mm. So, um, have you have you uh, shared this story with your congregation? Uh, not not everyone. <laughs> <laughs> not everyone. Not everyone. Um, you know, because you know, but it is. I am sharing it more and more um, because it is. I find, you know, I'm finding more and more people are open to these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I've, I, I've found a home among, the, um, in one way, I found a, a family and a home among the spiritualist community in Maine, which is vibrant and, and, uh, and, and, and they are into healing and they're into spiritual exploration and all these beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, to, to give a cheap plug to Temple Heights, if anyone wants to just explore Temple Heights Spiritual Camp, there's my my cheap plug for them, um, and and that uh, that has been just a beautiful platform for spiritual exploration for me personally. So yeah, this uh, past summer I spent some time at the Etna Spiritualist Camp with Raymond Moody, who was visiting yeah. there for a week lecturing, uh, and he uh, he loved it. And uh, oh, yeah. I, I, to tell you the truth, I did too. Yeah, and and uh, spiritualism, of course, has has like I like I was uh, talking earlier, New England, especially Maine, has deep roots in in the spiritualist movement. Um, and mm. and they would have uh, camp meetings uh, in the early eighteen uh, 1900s, late eighteen hundreds, uh, where I go at Temple Heights, right across the corner, where the Methodists and they come in. Uh, together, the Methodists and the Spiritualists would come up on the steamboats from New York City and Boston, and and come and 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 they would dump a thousand Spiritualists off on one corner and a thousand Methodists off on the other, and they would mm-hmm. have camp meetings and 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 the different uh, teachers and Spiritualist teachers of the day would come and and travel from they would travel all over the the United States and the world for that matter to come to Maine to hear these people speak and and, uh, and so. Um, I just, for me personally, it's been a, a marvelous uh, experience with with the spiritualist. 
that, Why do you so suppose that that uh, that movement that was so intense and vibrant back then uh, faded out? Was it was it uh, attacks from uh, traditional Christian religions? That, uh, it, 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 yeah, it was it was it was two twofold. I think one um, one was um, one one was attacks from from you know the traditional uh, faith communities. <laughs> the other also was actually the other was. Um, uh, the war, World War Two, broke out. World War One and Two broke out, and mm. so that that happened. We, we um, but out of the war came a revival of spiritualism again um, in the fifties, and so you know, um, uh, and so I, I think that that and now I honestly believe that there is a, a, a revival. People are are waking up, and and people are are. You know, I, I are are walking away by 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 the large percent from traditional religion, um, but they are open. You know, the New York Times and and uh, the Post just ran this uh, Washington Post just ran this uh, uh, beautiful study on how astrology, astrology and people are turning to to uh, tarot cards and Edgar Casey and all these traditions. You know, all these things are not traditional. Right, right. Well, people are dropping out of the uh, unsatisfying traditional ritual uh, yeah. Christianity, and at the same time, they need they need some spiritual comfort, and so yeah. they turn yeah. to this. Well, unfortunately, Maddie, we're out of time. Uh, find me on Instagram. Uh, I'm going to do a quick plug on Instagram. Uh, yeah, Matthew, absolutely. Matthew, just find me at Matthew T. McDonald uh, underscore on Instagram, and if you want to connect with me on Instagram, I'm, I'm there. Terrific. But, uh, and so thank you, Lee, and thank you to all the listeners. And uh, I, I just find this whole topic uh, very, very fascinating. So. Great. Thank you, Maddie. Uh, if For your listeners, if you'd like to listen to this show again or any of our past shows, just go to nderadio.org and click on the Past Shows button. For more information on IANs, go to their website at iands.org. And join us again next Monday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.